The series that we're doing, uh, just at the moment, The Rhythm of Life, um, kind of inspired by the... I'm going to hold it up, but you won't be able to see it unless you've got piercingly good eyes. Um, Partly inspired by a book by a a lady called uh, Tish Harrison uh, Warren. Um, She's a C of E um, person. She, She just... She writes in such a way that sometimes religious books can be a little bit not page-turny, and she writes in a very page-turny kind of a way. She basically takes you through a day in her life, starting in the morning and ending in the evening. Now, that might just seem too trivial for you, but one of the things I realized as I read this book through some day uh, last November or last December was just that God, my faith in God, this idea that there is a big creator God doesn't just impact me just like for a few minutes on a Sunday and it doesn't just impact me when I'm like really stressed and I can't cope and then I pray. Um, it impacts me all the while. It impacts me like in the really little things like when I get up on a morning and I'm a bit of a grumpy one, how am I going to get through my day? And she writes so like beautifully like we face the day with God. Well, then we toodle off to our works and we have a commute that lasts maybe half an hour. What are we going to do with that time? We spend that time. We're still in the presence of God. Then we do a job. Guess what? We don't just idly do a job just to get paid. We're doing something that God has created and designed. And she went right the way through the day to leave me kind of really stunned and just thinking, crikey, I really just don't, I am not aware of that the whole time. So it's, a, it's just a really good, gentle book that will get you to think about Think about things like that. And so maybe on the back of that, I was thinking, man, my faith, the faith that I have that gets me through affects every little area of my life, the rhythm, if it's not too cheesy, of my life. Uh, So I thought we'd get Paul and Jude to come up to the front, and then I'm just going to fire some questions at them, sort of based, questions that they've come up um, as we've chatted about it as, as a group, or questions that have come up from people who've reflected on the door about the sermon. So, um, yeah, I'll give you a copy of the questions here, and then you can try and do a bit of a bit of a prep. So the first question is, is these are questions for everybody, but this first question is quite specifically for younger people. So if you're younger people, especially if you're doing GCSEs and you can't think about anything else but Monday's GCSEs, this is a good this is a good diversion just for a few seconds. Give yourself a break. So the first question is, and you can if you want to throw this if you want to say. I don't know, Ash, I'll throw it back at you, then that's fine. Uh, What advice would you give to someone starting to think about career? We've been thinking about work. We've been thinking about what work is. So the first question is, what advice would you give to someone starting to think about career, the idea of a job for the rest of your life, that kind of thing? Is there anything that you think God might say that a careers advisor might not say, is the first question. Paul, do you you, you start us off, and then Jude... You jump in. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I, maybe not a careers officer, but I, I think generally we've got this idea, haven't we, that the perfect job, the perfect work is if you follow your dreams. That's yeah. kind of something that's said lots of times, isn't it? You get, you're going to be satisfied in work if you follow your dreams. I think it's a load of rubbish, to be perfectly honest. Wow. Uh, you're going to need to explain that because there's a lot of dream followers out here. Yeah. <laughs> you shouldn't be a career advisor. <laughs> <laughs> was that not subtle enough? Was, well, I think uh, what you've achieved is you've grabbed the... Everyone's listening now, so that's good. 
Um, uh, you know, I there might be some people who really want to be accountants. That's <laughs> it. No. <laughs> now, genuinely, though, I think um, what it seems to me right through the Bible is that our... That, that God has determined for society to be a thing that works for the good of humanity and for us to serve society in a way that, um, as believers, we can serve society in a way that honors him and does good. Um, and so I think, I think we're, we're all called to different things. And I think we're equipped for those things that we're called to do. So rather than follow our dreams, I think we should follow our equipping, which is often nowhere near as exciting as our dreams, but is far, far more sustainable. Mm. Um, our dreams say that we can do anything. Kids, I'm going to really kind of blow your brain here. You can, you can be anything you want. You can't. I could never, never, never in, in, all of, in all of human history ever be a Premier League footballer. Um, but I am, I am equipped for certain You've just things. crushed me. I'm still holding on to that one, Paul. <laughs> I've seen you play. You're better than me, but you're it's not going to make happen, it. <laughs> right, Jude, you got, have you got anything to throw into this mixer? I was just going to say that this is really difficult for me because I'm a parent who's giving some careers advice now and I'd like to say that some of what I'm saying now is not what I say at home. So I'd like to apologise for that. At home I'm saying work really hard, study all the time and that kind of thing. But I think one of the things that careers advisors don't tell you but what Jesus is constantly asking us to do is to look at the heart and the issues of the heart are so much more important. If you were to write a CV for your heart, or if you were to write experiences that would challenge your heart, or um, those kind of things. And I know that sounds a little bit wishy-washy, but I think that God is much more interested in that. And I think in terms of careers, there's things that benefit society, as you were saying, much more when we think about issues of the heart um, than... Um, than, than anything else. So, and the other thing that I was I kind of was thinking about was that it all counts. So the stuff that you think is really insignificant now, or the rubbish job uh, that you have at, uh, you know, if it's your first job and you think, oh, this job doesn't even count because it's not where I want to be, um, those things actually really do count. They count in terms of life experience, of course they do. But they count to God as well because he sees your efforts in those things. They are not insignificant to him. So, yeah, think about the heart and it, it definitely all counts. That's, these two are available for counseling, job <laughs> advice. Genuinely, they'll, they'd both love to talk to you if you've got any questions about that. Uh, now, so maybe other end of this, is it, you got more to add? I just think I've blown any likelihood no. of anybody ever speaking to me on that. So other end of the spectrum, does it matter? So thinking about our jobs, sometimes they can be... Like, as we said, they can, be, they can be really difficult, especially my first job was in Toys R Us, uh, pretending to be Santa, which is, sounds like it should be a dream, but it just destroys your soul after a while. Does it matter if our job is unfulfilling? Um, what should I do if I hate my job? We've maybe in part 
we've answered, we've thought about maybe a little bit of an answer to that, but is there anything else to say if, because I think the idea of following your dreams, some people get to do their, some people do get to do a job that they really love, but lots of people don't get to yeah. do that. What do we, how do we approach a day at work if we're unfulfilled or if we even have used stronger lang evocative language, if we hate, some people will hate their jobs. I hate my job. What do we do then? So I think, I think first separating out, we live in a society where work is very much what we go out and do and we get paid and we come home. Um, certainly when th throughout the history of the Bible, it wasn't written in that kind of context. It was written in a context where what we did was work throughout our, throughout our life to, to keep going, to survive. Um, some of it was paid, a whole lot of it was just work that we had to do to, to make our family kind of survive and thrive. Uh, and in that context, I think, um, I think we've commented it on a number of occasions. God said, against the backdrop of that threat of survival or not surviving, God says two things. One, he says, don't commit yourself fully to that but take a, take a Sabbath rest and see that I'm the one who will allow you to survive. <laughs> That's the first thing that he says. The second thing that I think flows right the way through the Bible, Micah 6, 8, um, talks about what we are to be, we, what we are to do, which is uh, to do justly, to love mercy and to walk humbly with God. That's repeated again in Ephesians, similar kind of refrain. We are liberated as believers to understand that our worst of jobs, when we do it with that intention, we are liberated to find joy. Because the worst of jobs, we can seek justice. We can love mercy in the worst of jobs. You know that kind of, and I've been there, that kind of aggressive, hard, harsh shop floor environment where the only way to survive is to hit, as, hit harder than everybody else around you. Yeah. Been there. And, and God says, love mercy. That, that's, that, that liberates us to live our lives and to work in a different way. Doesn't mean that it's going to be easy or there's a no, quick it turnaround, it but do, does, there's a way, there is a, 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 way. a way through. And, and there is also, through our faith in Christ, there is a way in which pursuing that, we can actually find satisfaction where we don't think we can find satisfaction. Because our satisfaction then isn't in the job, it's in pursuing Christ in the job. And that, that transforms everything. Just as, as we're verbalizing this, I'm conscious that you get into work Monday morning and 10 minutes in, all the God stuff seems can be very distant, can't it? Yeah, so I think absolutely. this is just something you put over the top of your thinking. Which is why we're continually reminded, with, you know, Romans 12, 2, we're, we're reminded to be, trans, to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. We've got, to, we've got to realize that Christian faith isn't just something we believe in. It's something that changes the way we approach everything. You said it in the introduction here. Um, we think about everything differently. So 
we can fall into the trap of hating work like everybody else in the first 10 minutes when we adopt the same way of thinking as everybody else around us. And then we say every little bit, and you said it to you, every little bit that we do is the pursuing of good in society, the pursuing of justice, mercy, and humility before God, and we can find satisfaction because our worst of bosses who's beating us up on us every time is not truly our boss. He's not truly your boss, or she's not truly your boss. Jude, anything to put on top of that? Um, I was just going to add, in some of the areas where I work, I see people who um, can't work because of long-term health conditions, um, or people who care for others, both young and old. And I want to say that even if that is you today, that those things are still work. Actually, managing your health or caring for somebody else is still work and still worthwhile and still of immense value as well. And I think those situations are particularly troubling because they seem unending, I think, in both those situations. And I was just reminded this week of, uh, I think it's 2 Peter, where he talks about God's timeframes for things and how um, a year... A year, a thousand years is like a, a day, or I can't remember the exact phrase, but God's timescales and timeframes are not the same as ours, and He is in the business of redeeming and restoring things. And so, even in those really difficult, seemingly unending uh, works, um, there is hope in them when you know Christ because of what He's up to. And I think that's also true if you find yourself where you've made a mistake at work and you think, oh, this is just beyond, what have I done? Or I'm in the wrong, you feel like you're in the wrong place or the wrong things. In all those things, God is bringing hope, restoring, redeeming, and uh, keeping us good when it's really tough. Just to add, I read a Tim Keller quote today that, that reminded us when we pray or when we do anything, we don't get to see the end. We don't know where all this is going to end up. So these, these works that we do, we don't know. We don't know the fruit of them in the next few weeks. We don't know the fruit of them in the longer term. What people are, have seen in us, our character, or what the, the actions that we do, how that will bear fruit. Just for the sake of time, but because it's a helpful thing to do, I'm going to ask you to be speedier <laughs> with your next two answers. Um, and cause, because I know you both, because I know you both very well, what advice would you give to your younger self and how has faith, or has faith, changed the pattern or rhythm of your life? So, what what advice? Maybe there's not. Maybe there's not. Maybe you just think actually we're all right. Maybe I don't know. What advice, or is there some advice that you'd give to your 16, 17 year old self, or even younger than that? <laughs> you can't be a football, yeah. Sure. Um, so, from a from from a life point of view. I went, I've been through a really interesting journey, so I've worked in, worked on the shop floor, worked in kind of commerce, spent 15 years in ministry, and I'm now back in that world. I really, really wish I had got sorted much younger in my life what life is all about in terms of its eternal purpose. Because I think I spent way, way 
too long thinking that this life was everything. I believed something different, but I didn't live something different. And, and I think I wish, I wish it somebody had got a hold of me and said, help me to see that the way we live <laughs> is so often pursuing life as though this is everything. And it isn't. The tricky thing is somebody probably did get hold of you and tell you that. It's yeah, just that you have to... And, yeah, and grace, grace gets you to see things at different times in life. And I'm thankful that God got hold of me. <laughs> Praise God. Jude? Um, I guess in my life I've been quite fortunate that uh, I've known God a long time and uh, that, that was something that did, ha I guess, happen when I, when I was younger and at times I've known him better than others but I can honestly uh, say that knowing God in all the different jobs that I've had has just, it's been able to give me a confidence not in particularly being great at my job, but that no matter what happens, uh, I'm not defined by my work. Um, and in sometimes in, uh, in colleagues and things like that, um, there is a stress, I think, that comes when you are defined or it feels like your world holds on the paycheck or the identity that you have in employment. And that's not to belittle those things or that those things aren't important. But I'm so thankful for knowing Christ through many years and the way that he's been able to give me confidence that as a child of God, um, as a worker in his kingdom, there is much more value and worth in, in, in those things. So. They're great answers. So having told you to be quick, can I encourage you to speak with great theological depth and richness about <laughs> this next question. Uh, because I, th I, I think rest is harder than work, actually. I think, I think even, um, yeah, culturally, societally, I think we find proper rest really, really difficult. I could be wrong. But they're both quite tricky to get right and to balance up. Um, but we've, all the way through this series, we've had Jesus' words um, sort of in our ears, come to me, all you who are weary, and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Um, so, because it's been such a constant, I'm just wondering if it's worth us just trying to thrash out what we think Jesus is saying. What is the rest that we get if you follow Jesus that you don't get if you go somewhere else? I know that that's a that's a, like a twenty sermon answer. But. So, if we look at if we look theologically uh, at the kind of flow of what what being told in the Bible. It, we're, we're continually being told that this life isn't everything, that we're entering into a Sabbath rest. And the Sabbath rest um, is an eternal presence with Christ. But I don't believe that that Sabbath rest is literally lounging around on fluffy clouds or... With, yeah, that with the kind of... Medieval. I think there's going to be grapes in heaven. I'm just going to <laughs> I'm say sure there are. I think there might be. But, but actually, I think it will be purposeful. I think it will include work. I think there will be work. But the, it will be work which we find completely satisfying. And the reason I think there's work is because the perfection of our relationship with Christ that we see at the beginning of the Bible is what we see restored. There was work before we sinned against God. 
So, so there's work, but it's satisfying. It's what we're made to be. So Jesus coming and saying, I'm bringing you the kingdom now. That's the kingdom. That's what the kingdom's going to look like ultimately. But he's saying you can be part of that kingdom now, which means that we live our lives as though we're there already, even though we're not, but we enjoy some of the blessing now that we'll know then. Of the rest. Of the rest, which means that the unfinished in this world doesn't matter. The failures in this world don't matter. The pursuit of Christ is what matters. And the pursuit of knowing him in every aspect of our lives, you know, work, rest, play, is a foretaste. He invites us to find that joy now because he's saying you're going to be overwhelmed with joy in eternity when you see that and experience it. So, so, so rest now in that truth. I think that's what he means when he's, he says, I'm going to give you rest now. It's a rest in a truth which will be revealed in eternity. And that kind of now and not yet is throughout our experience this side of eternity. It's beautiful if we can grasp it, isn't it? If you can drop your shoulders, if you can hold on to the hope that of what we're promised is going to prevail, um, yeah. then, we can, then we can rest. Even now, even with the trouble, we can rest. Jude, have you got anything you want to add to that? Just that in those verses about come to me and I'll give you rest, <clears throat> only in recent years have I really appreciated the fact that Jesus says, take my yoke. And you're like, hang on, I thought you said rest. And he says, take my yoke. And I think you talked about it last week really well. But just the idea that the yoke that Jesus puts us on is, is easy and light. And when we look around uh, our world, there are many people in burdened and who, with life has weighed them down so heavy. But Jesus' burden is light. And so, yeah, I think that's part of the rest that we endure now. We are not to be pitied as Christians for the religiosity that we're seen to have I don't think I thought it's so freeing and empowering it's it's a it's the it's the best of life to know Jesus and yet it's really hard <laughs> to take the rest guys grab a seat I'm just going to pray as the um, band come up and we'll sing another song um, we did put some of these out I think and they all went we'll get some more and any books that are that are on that white table over there if they're helpful to you then please take one so we'll get some more of this it's a really good be a good summer read. Let me just pray for a second. Father God, uh, we just acknowledge uh, even now that you are uh, God of all things, uh, that faith in you really does transform lives. Father God, would you melt us, uh, melt our hardened hearts to see you in all the moments of our life, that we might be changed and that we might really live and that we might find rest. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. <laughs>